Welcome to this message from Alpha and Omega Christian Fellowship. We are a family on a journey to become more like Christ, sharing His kingdom by expressing His love. We hope that you will be blessed and encouraged by what we have to share. If you recall, the theme of this year is, Lord, show me your glory. I have taught on it several times, and we did mention that the glory of God is the goodness of God. And so we've been believing and trusting God to show us His tangible goodness, the manifestation of God's goodness in our daily lives. And one of the things that we need to understand, if we're going to see the tangible glory and goodness of God released in our daily life, we need to understand that as spiritual beings, we need to walk in the Spirit. That's where the goodness of God is manifested. The Word of God says... In Romans chapter 8, verses 8 and 9, that we are not in the flesh, but we are in the Spirit, because the Spirit of God dwells in us. That makes you a spiritual person. You have a soul. I have a soul. You live in a physical body. But primarily, you are a spiritual being. And we need to see ourselves as such if we are going to walk in the Spirit. So let's look at and read that verse together. So then, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. But you are not in the flesh. Can you say that after me? I am not in the flesh. I am in the Spirit. Because the Spirit of God dwells in me. Amen. And the Word says, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. It doesn't belong to Christ. But we have been born of the Spirit of God. Amen? So that makes us spiritual beings. Hallelujah. Now, Scripture says, not only we are born of the Spirit, but we also live in the Spirit. So, if we are spiritual beings and we live in the Spirit, we must learn how to walk in the Spirit and not just in the flesh. Are you with me? And that is something we need to learn and we need to adopt in learning how to walk in the Spirit. The Word says in Galatians 5.16, walk in the Spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. That's the way of victory. That's an overcoming life. How do you overcome in life? By walking in the Spirit. How do you overcome challenges and tests and trials and sickness and disease and temptation? How do you overcome by walking in the Spirit. Because if we walk in the Spirit, then we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. We live in another realm. 
that is above the natural realm. So one of the keys, because there are keys and principles that enable us to walk in the Spirit, and one of those keys is that we approach life from the spiritual standpoint rather than the natural standpoint. In other words, we see things from a spiritual perspective, not from a natural perspective. And that is the key to overcoming in life and to overcoming the challenges of life. Now, whatever is facing you, or whatever is facing me, or whatever you are facing in life, and all of us have situations that we face, challenges that we face, temptations that we face, sickness and disease. We live in a fallen world. Amen? We need to learn, whatever we face in life, we need to learn to look at it from a spiritual standpoint and not from the natural standpoint. And that's what I want to teach you this morning. Why do I say that? Because your attitude determines the outcome of each and every situation we face. Your attitude determines your altitude, how you approach things, how you see things, how you view things in life. If our attitude is spiritual, we will always come out victorious, singing praises to God. But if our approach is natural, what do I mean by natural? If it is governed by our physical senses or by our natural understanding, we will always be defeated in life. Always. So it depends how you view things. And let me give you an example, a, script, a scriptural example. You know the story of David and Goliath. It's a true story, by the way. It happened. How many of you believe that? Amen. <laughs> Amen. So it's taken from 1 Samuel chapter 17. We don't have time to read the whole chapter, so I encourage you during your study this week, if you do private studies, you should. Study the Bible on your own time. Read First Samuel chapter 17. And it's the story of David and Goliath. When young David faced Goliath in battle, from the natural standpoint, David was no match for Goliath, and he knew that. You with me? Of course he knew it. His approach, though, was not natural, but spiritual. And David's weapons were not just natural, but they were spiritual. How do we know that? Because he said to Goliath, in 1 Samuel 17 and verse 45, we read the following. He said to him, you come to me with a sword and a spear, natural weapons, and with a javelin. He was a giant compared to David. I mean, David was just like a little dwarf in front of the giant. But I come to you, he said, in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. So here we see this giant boasting in his physical strength, in his physical weapons, 
and we see a young teenage boy. I mean, he was only 16, 17. And he faces the giant, and he says to him, you come to me with this physical stature, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, whom you have defied. In other words, David was saying to Goliath, you come against me with natural and physical strength, but I come against you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, and you are no match against him. What, what an attitude to have when you face the challenges of life. What an attitude to face, to have when you're facing enormous odds, temptation, sickness, disease, or whatever diabolical, destructive thing it comes against you. You face that from a spiritual standpoint. You see, the Word of God admonishes us by teaching us that the weapons of our warfare are not natural, they're not carnal, but they are spiritual and they are mighty through God. Read it, 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Rick will put it up for us. For though we walk in the flesh, that means in this physical body, we do not war or fight according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, not natural, but they are mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, imaginations. You see, the battle is in the mind. You lose the battle in your thought life. You've lost the battle even before you approach it. And that's where many of us loses our battles in life. Here, wrong thinking, natural thinking, rather than spiritual thinking. You with me? We cast down arguments, every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. You need to examine the thoughts that you think. Amen? Just like some of us examine the food that we eat, you need to examine the thoughts that you think because the Word says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. If you allow thoughts of failure, you allow and you entertain thoughts of fear and doubt, your life will be defeated. You will be full of fear and full of doubt because you entertain thoughts that are not spiritual but natural. Hello? Are you with me so far? Even though we are physical beings, we do not fight our battles with natural means. You see, when King Saul tried to suit David up, the, the king said to David, you know, you're just a youngster. You cannot go up against this experienced warrior. He's going to eat you for lunch. And David said, King, have no fear. Because I have killed a lion and a bear when they came and stole one of my father's lambs. And I'm going to do the same thing to this Philistine. When the king saw his attitude and his confidence, the king was persuaded. So the king tried to suit him up with his armor. But David said, no, I have not tested this. And he took them off. Listen, he viewed Goliath 
from a spiritual standpoint, not from a physical standpoint. He called him uncircumcised Philistine. What does that mean if you know your Bible? An uncircumcised man is a man who has no covenant with God. In other words, he stands on his own, without hope, without help from God. So David looked at the giant, and he judged him in the spirit as an uncircumcised man who has no covenant with God, who has no relationship with God. Therefore, he's already defeated, because God was not with him. God was with David. You see? So David defeated Goliath before he even went into the battle with him. He already won. How? With his attitude. Your attitude makes a difference in life. Depends how you see things. How you view life. With what lenses you view yourself. Your situation, your relationships, your children, your place of work. Amen? His attitude was one of the spirit and not one of the flesh. He learned to approach life from a spiritual standpoint. Everyone else around David, including the king, looked at the giant from the physical, natural standpoint, and as a result, they were filled with fear. They panicked. They were hiding in the trenches. And here the 16-year-old boy stands up and he says, I'm going to fight this giant because he's uncircumcised, and I'm going to take his head off his shoulders. His brothers thought he was crazy. You know, when you have an attitude of faith and courage, People will mock at you at times. They will think you're crazy. How can you say that? Why? Because you're looking at things from a spiritual standpoint, not just the natural physical. And so it is with us today. How do you view life? And unless we learn this valuable lesson in life, to approach life in general, from a spiritual standpoint, we will always find ourselves at the bottom of the pile looking up rather than seeing ourselves seated with Christ in the heavenly places. Everyone else around David was panicked. They, they were afraid. They were fearful. You read the story, you'll see. Because of the way they looked at the situation. In the natural, the Word of God says, or from a natural standpoint, we can do nothing by ourselves. We are weak in the flesh. We are vulnerable. But according to the Bible, what did we just read? We are not in the flesh. We are in the Spirit. We are not alone. We are never alone. And because we're never alone that the Lord is with us, His Spirit is within us, never to leave us, nor forsake us, then we are not weak, but we are strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Why? Because God dwells within us by His Spirit. You may not look like it. You may not feel like it, especially when you get up in the morning, 
and your body starts talking to you, and your pain starts talking to you, and uh, the circumstances start talking to you. Hello. My body talks to me every day. Circumstances. You see, you live in this natural physical world. You look at things from a natural standpoint. But thank God, because we have the Spirit of God, we are able to see things that cannot be seen with the natural eyes. And that's the blessing of being in the Spirit. We have spiritual senses, not just natural senses. We're not just natural human beings. We are supernatural because we have God's supernatural Spirit living within us. And that makes a difference. And so we need to view life with faith in God. And our attitude needs to be one that is filled with confidence and great courage. Amen? So when we look at this natural physical realm and the things that so often surround us in this physical realm, what do you actually see? What do you see? Do you only see things that are seen with your physical eyes? Or are you able to see beyond that? How can you see things that are not seen? By faith. When I say by faith, I mean through the Spirit. You have spiritual senses, just like you have natural senses. Amen? But we need to train those spiritual senses. Hello? Just like when you were born, you were a baby. You, you had to learn and find out how to use those physical senses. Even so, in the Spirit, we need to learn how to exercise our spiritual senses because we are spiritual beings. Amen? If we are governed just by our physical senses, then we are not seeing anything more than the rest of the world sees. Hello? Look at Hebrews chapter 5, verse 14, just to confirm what I'm teaching you this morning. That we need to learn how to exercise and develop your spiritual senses. Look what it says. But solid food, talking about spiritual food here, belongs to those who are of full age, that is, those who by reason of use or exercise, have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. He's not talking about physical senses. Here he's talking about spiritual senses. You with me? To discern means to see through things. It also means to recognize, to detect Another word is to judge. You judge things. And we need to learn to judge things from the spiritual standpoint, including ourselves, and not just from the physical standpoint. How do you see yourself? How do you judge yourself? That's important. 
because how you see yourself is how the devil sees you. Hello? Do you see yourself as a child of God, an overcomer in Christ, or do you see yourself as a defeated one, as a failure, as a sinner? Hello? So, 2 Corinthians 5.16. This is such an important lesson for us to learn, and yet difficult at times. Therefore, the Apostle Paul says, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. What does it mean to regard? It means to know or recognize. He says, from now on, the new creation in Christ, we recognize and we know no one after the flesh. It doesn't matter whether you're black or white. It doesn't matter whether you're Greek or South African or Italian or Portuguese. What it matters is of what spirit are you? Hello. So many fights and wars are fought over color and, 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 and nationality and all of those things. But the Word of God tells us that we no longer regard anyone according to the flesh. It doesn't matter where you come from in the natural. It doesn't matter who your parents were. It doesn't matter what upbringing you had as a child. What matters is who you are in the Spirit right now because so many continue to blame their upbringing or their parents or their circumstances for the where they find themselves in. Take no responsibility. They blame everybody else for where they are. But when you become a Christian, the Word of God says we ought to judge no one anymore after the flesh. We are to know people after the Spirit. And that makes a great deal of difference. When I look at you and I know you in the Spirit and I recognize you as a child of God. Hello? Amen. The Word of God says in Christ we are able. Never say you cannot do this. You are able. You are strong in the Lord and in the power of His mind. Amen? In Christ, all things are possible to us who believe. Amen? We are more than conquerors in Him who loved us and washed us with His blood. We are blessed, not going to be blessed. We are redeemed, we are forgiven, we are healed and prosperous. That's who you are. The day you start believing who you are is the day you will start walking in the Spirit. Amen. Let me give you another example. Taken from Deuteronomy chapter 13, which had a different outcome from the one David had. Very different. This incident cost the Israelites a bright and a prosperous future. 
and kept them out of the promised land, causing them to wander around for 40 years until every single person from that generation died in the desert without ever seeing the blessing God promised them. Twelve spies, you know the story, went into the promised land. Two of them came back with a faith report because they viewed things from the spiritual standpoint. Ten of them came back and gave an evil, doubtful report because they viewed things from the natural standpoint. You know the story, right? Listen carefully to what they said. And we read this from Numbers chapter 13, verse 27 through to 23. The ten spies came back with this report. We went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey. And this is its fruit. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. The Hittites, the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the mountains. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the banks of the Jordan. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and take possession for we are well able to overcome it. Caleb was one of the two who viewed things from a spiritual standpoint. But the men who had gone up with him said, We are not able to go against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out, saying, The land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. And there we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak, came from the giants. And we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in their sight. What did I say earlier to you? The way you view yourself is the way the devil sees you. And these people... They looked at things from the natural standpoint and they said, listen to what they said, we were like grasshoppers <laughs> in their sight, in our sight. And so it was in their sight. Their approach was completely what? Natural. Wasn't it? They went by what they saw with the physical eyes. And they never saw anything beyond that. They went by the natural understanding and not by what the Word of God promised them. They saw themselves weak grasshoppers. And because of it, they wandered around for 40 years never being able to enter the promised land. You see what a difference it makes, the way you view things, the way you understand things. You see what happens when you allow your natural senses and your natural understanding govern your emotions, govern your decisions. 
and govern the way you view life in general. You will always be complaining. You will always find fault with everything. You will always be fearful and doubtful because you are viewing things and life in general from a natural standpoint rather than from a spiritual standpoint. Hello. And in many cases, it could mean the difference between life and death, victory or defeat, success or failure. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 2.15, but we, but he who is spiritual judges all things. And I ask the question, what are you? Are you spiritual or just natural? He that is spiritual judges all things. What does that mean? That means he judges everything according to the Spirit, not according to the flesh. Hello? The life we live, the decisions we make, the words that we speak, the works that we do must originate and birthed and executed from a spiritual base of faith rather than a natural base of unbelief and doubt and fear. Amen. Think about it. The reason why you're afraid is because you're looking at things from the natural standpoint. The reason you complain about your life, about your lot, about your work, about your brother is because you're looking at them from a natural standpoint rather from a spiritual standpoint. And you know what? You and I look much better in the spirit than we do in the flesh. That's why relationships are damaged. Because we don't like what we see with our natural eyes. But it's time we start looking and seeing the body of Christ through spiritual sight. The way God sees you. God never sees you as a failure. In fact, God never created failures. He said, if I'm born again, I'm a new creation in Christ. You need to know who you are. You need to view yourself as God views you. And put away the shame and the guilt. Amen? And view yourself as the way the Lord views you. Now, I'm going to give you one more example. So please bear with me. Just to drive home this very principle. That if you and I want to walk in the Spirit, we're going to have to view life from a spiritual standpoint, not just the natural. When Lot was asked by Abraham to choose the place of his abode, he chose on the basis of what his physical eyes told or informed him rather than what the Lord prepared for him. And look at these verses. And Lot lifted his eyes and saw all the plain of Jordan. And it was well watered everywhere before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt as you go toward Zoar. Then Lot chose for himself all the plain of Jordan, and Lot journeyed east, and they separated from each other. Notice, Lot chose for himself what his physical senses told him and not how the Lord directed him. How many people 
make decisions, choices. And I'm talking about life-altering choices based on what the physical senses tells them. Hello. Rather than praying about it and seeking to find out the will of God in the situation, Lot saw with his eyes all the plain of Jordan, that it was well watered, but he did not foresee that the day is coming when Sodom and Gomorrah would be destroyed. If he looked through the eyes of the Spirit, he would have been warned. And he would have chosen differently. Amen? One of the characteristics, listen to this and write it down, of a truly spiritual person is that he does not judge by the sight of his eyes nor decide by the hearing of his ears. And that's found in Isaiah chapter 11, verse 3. You do not make decisions based just on what you see with your physical senses. That is, if you're a Christian, you always seek the counsel of God. Amen? I recall many years ago when I was growing up spiritually, I was in a local church in Masvingo, a very small church. And at that particular time, the church was going through difficult times, through shaking. The pastor fell ill. His wife fell ill. The people started leaving, and the church was emptying out. During that time, I was in the field reservists. What we, what we would do is accompany a convoy from one city to the next on a manned gun. And I was up on the gun. We had a driver, and then one vehicle would go in front, armed vehicle. There were a few cars. In the middle, we had another vehicle. And there were a few cars, and at the end, there was another manned vehicle. I was on one of those up on the gun during that time. And I used that time to pray. Nobody would hear me. I would sing. I would shout. I would pray. And so I started praying. I said, Lord, I wanted to leave also the church. But I said, Lord, I'm not going to make a move until I hear from you. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what, what the situation is. I want to hear from you. Is it time for me to leave as well? Or do you want me to stay? And I started praying and praying in the Spirit and praying in tongues. And as I was praying, the Spirit of God reminded me of a particular verse from the Gospel of St. John, chapter 10. And the Spirit said these words to me. I am the Good Shepherd. And the good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. But the hireling, when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and he runs away. I got the message. And the Lord would say to me, now that the church is facing trouble, you want to leave too? And who's going to take care of those that are left behind? Are you a member of a good shepherd or are you a hireling? And I made my decision, not based on what I saw, 
not based on what I heard, but when the Spirit revealed to me. And I was blessed, believe me. I stayed there, and in a few months' time, the Lord sent Pastor Henry Jackson, some of you know, with his wife as a young man who finished Bible school, and we developed a wonderful relationship with Pastor Henry. And it was he who released me, laid hands on me, and released me into the ministry that I am in today. What would have happened if I'd left? So many Christians today make decisions based on what they see with their eyes, what somebody else said or somebody else did to them. And so they get upset. They walk away. They don't realize that they're walking away many times from the very perfect will of God for their lives. Hello. Are you learning something here this morning? Praise God. I won't charge you extra for it. Yeah. So a spiritual person judges all things by the Spirit through the Word of God. He does not lean on his own understanding, nor does he trust in his own flesh. Because your flesh will always cause you to make decisions that are selfish, based on what you want, rather than what God's will is for you. What's in it for me? But we cannot afford to make decisions like that. It's not what's in it for me. How can I serve best my family, my community, my church, the kingdom of God, the decisions that I make? Every time I make a decision, now for many years, I always ask this question, how will this affect my church? If I do this, how will this look to the church that I shepherd? Huh? Will it take from the respect they have for me? Or will it add respect? And you need to make decisions based on that principle. How will this affect my family? How will this affect my wife? How will this affect my husband? How will this affect my church? How will this affect my children? And how will this affect the church that I am part of? Amen? Do you want one more example? Okay, I'll give you one more. Now, the king of Syria was furious with Elisha, the prophet Elisha. Because whatever he discussed in his private chamber with his generals, the king of Israel knew about it. And because he knew his secret plans... He was always defeated when he went to war with the king of Israel. So he started suspecting that he had a traitor among his generals. He said, I wonder who it is who is with the king of Israel here because he knows every plan I make. And one of his servants came up with the thought and the solution. And listen, we'll pick it up from there. 2 Kings chapter 6 verse 12. And one of his servants said, None, my lord, O king, but Elisha the prophet who is in Israel tells the king of Israel the words that you speak in your bedroom. So he said, Go and see where he is, that I may send and get him. And it was told him, saying, 
surely he is in Dothan. Therefore he sent horses and chariots and a great army there, and they came by night and surrounded the city. And when the servant of the man of God, that is Elisha, arose early in the morning and went out, there was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots. And his servant said to him, Alas, my master, what shall we do? So he answered, Do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And the servant of Elijah looks at him and he says, One, two. The prophet must have gone crazy overnight. What is he talking about? He says, those that are with us are more than those that are against us. Now listen to what Elisha did. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. Then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire, all around Elisha. Now, <laughs> let me say this. The horses and the chariots did not just appear when the young men saw them. They were already there. And when Elisha prayed, Lord, open his eyes, he was talking about his spiritual sight. His eyes were opened and he saw the whole mountain covered with the Lord's army the angels, the chariots of fire. But they didn't just appear when he saw them. They were already there, even though he couldn't see them with his natural eyes. And we need to understand that. That you are accompanied by heavenly beings. At least you have one angel with you that goes wherever you go. And that dude is big. I often felt his presence. And just because you can't see him, that doesn't mean he's not there. Or because you can't feel him, it doesn't mean he's not there. Look what the Word of God says. Psalm 91 verse 10, No evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come nigh your dwelling. Why? For he shall give his angels charge over you. To do what? To keep you in all your ways. And in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. Psalm 34 verse 7. The angel of the Lord encamps around about those who fear him in order to deliver them. You know what it means to encamp? Where you go, he goes. And some of us have more than one, depending on our purpose in life and what our assignments are. I know I have more than one. And just because we can't see them, it doesn't mean they're not there. Hello? Faith sees what natural man cannot see. And faith knows. And through the Spirit, we have been given an ability to see things beyond this physical, natural world and to know, folks, that we are not alone.
you are never alone. The Word of God says, mercy and goodness follow you all the days of your life. Does that give you courage? There's no room for fear. You can be in the middle of a war zone. And believe me, I've been there. Never been afraid. Because I know that the angel of the Lord is with me. And I've experienced his deliverance many times. And so do you. And sometimes you didn't even realize it, that it was the angel of the Lord who protected you and delivered you. So learn to see things from a spiritual standpoint. You know what? Married couples, if they learn to see each other from a spiritual standpoint, they will never end up in a divorce court. Ever. Ever. It's when we start seeing things just from the natural. Let's stand and pray. And thank God. Just thank God every day and say to the Lord, Lord, thank you that I'm not in the flesh, but I'm in the Spirit, because the Spirit of God lives and dwells within me. Teach me to walk in the Spirit. Teach me to view life from a spiritual standpoint. Teach me to view this challenge, this test, this circumstance, this sickness, this disease from a spiritual standpoint and not just from the natural. Father, we thank you for your precious word. We thank you for your promises. And we thank you for your Holy Spirit living on the inside of us. We bless you, Lord. And we thank you in the name of Jesus. May your word, Father God, permeate our innermost being. May your word renew our minds to such an extent where we will view life from a spiritual standpoint, in every circumstance of life, from a spiritual standpoint rather than the physical. And we thank you for giving us that ability to do so in Jesus' name. We hope that you've enjoyed this message. For additional resources and more information, come and visit us at alphaomega.org.za.